TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, that should wake you up on a Friday morning. I like it when we rotate the different opens the different music at the top of the hour on this final hour of the work week because I know a lot of you are waking up or you need to pick me up, but it's Friday, so that should pick you up in and of itself. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Yes, Dan Campbell is, he's the best, and he doesn't like the hype train, but the fact that the Lions share the best record in the NFL going into week seven is a big deal, and it's kind of interesting, too. Because it takes a while before teams settle in, before they find out their identity. That's what uh, Randy Mueller told us a couple weeks ago. I asked him, you know, what are you looking for in the first month, five to six weeks of the season? And he said, I'm looking for the team because each team is different. I'm looking for the team to establish its identity. Show me who it is. Show me who it wants to be. Show me where it's going. And so you're always trying to figure out a team's identity. And sometimes it's the same. For the Kansas City Chiefs, well, as long as there's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and all those veterans on defense, well, it's going to be the same team. But a lot of teams experience major transition and turnover. And, of course, every season has its own identity, too. Whether you're the Ravens and you're dealing with the – well, (laughs) feeling it's been that way for the Ravens now for the past three, four seasons, maybe even going back to the – end of Joe Flacco's tenure. Um, They've had a ton of injuries. They're missing a ton of people, and injuries are starting to mount. But then there's teams, and you wonder, what is their identity? I still don't know what the Raiders' identity is, though they do have a winning record. No, they're three and three. Three and three, yeah. Um, I need to start looking at the standings instead of just believing I can memorize them since we're into week seven. (laughs) Yeah, there are teams out there, and you still don't know who they are. Or like the Dallas Cowboys have said, will the real Dallas Cowboys please stand up? I mean, you could say that about a bunch of different teams. But I love the way that Dan Campbell and Doug Peterson too. So in Detroit and in Jacksonville, they've picked up a couple of blips here and there, but they've essentially picked up from where they left off at last year. And they're now capitalizing and building on that. And those were foundational uh, building blocks, even though the Lions didn't make the playoffs, but Obviously, the Jags ended up winning the AFC South. And we saw them really put together extensive runs toward the end of the season. Where the Lions win eight of their last nine to wrap up last year, finally got flexed. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars 
they went through a stretch where they maybe won some eight of ten, seven of nine, something like that, plus the big win in the wild card round against the Chargers. Yes, it's a big win, even though it's against the Chargers. And now you see these two teams, you know, a couple of toe stubs for the Jaguars early, including the one that knocked me out of the survivor pool. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Uh, but now they have won four in a row. And yet, it's not easy. It's never going to be easy. I'm sure you heard this last night if you're watching the football game on Amazon Prime. But Trevor Lawrence had never won in the Superdome in his career. The two losses. He suffered two losses in his entire Clemson career. Both of them were in New Orleans. And so for that reason, you probably shouldn't be surprised that he was on the field to start on a short work week with a sprained knee, wearing a brace. Also, first time in his entire football career, even going back to youth football, that he'd ever worn a brace. Yeah, the Jaguars looked good early on, and he was actually their leading rusher. Man, he looked really good when he took off and ran. And there were some big holes there early. Although right now, anything you say about the Jaguars run game needs to start with Travis Etienne, who had two more touchdowns in the first half yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw. Actually, Jay, if you want to go to his Twitter and retweet <laughs> retweet what he posted last week. So he now has three consecutive weeks with two touchdowns. That's good. You move up the charts pretty quickly. I just got to say, how could he not draft himself in the first round? Come on. If you're you're in the NFL. In the first round? He, it's, it's you. Yeah, but it's the first round. It's, he doesn't believe he's a first round talent? He Well, he is a first round talent, but the fact is you may decide you want a wide receiver instead. It's or maybe him. he thought, yeah, but maybe he thought someone else, no one else would draft him. So if it's his <laughs> league, maybe there's an unwritten, an unwritten rule where you don't draft another, like the guy who's also in your league. Maybe, maybe, but I just think if I if I'm in the NFL and I'm an offensive player, I don't care if I'm a starter. I'm taking myself really? in that first round. You no have matter to. what, it's pro- you have to. You're not taking yourself. You have to bet on yourself again because it, what if you're in a PPR league and you, it's you him? But you want a receiver first, right? In a PPR league, no, mostly. I, I understand like why he wouldn't take himself, but if I'm a, it, it's hard. It would be hard for me to pass up on myself. Like, oh, he, this guy's better All than right. me. This guy's better I'm than me. I'm just saying. Let's say it's a 12 team league. I mean, are there not 12 guys in the NFL who are better than sure. fantasy, better at fa- in fantasy than Travis Etienne? I think that, but Travis Etienne shouldn't think that. <laughs> anyway, he tweeted about how he played himself, or he lost to himself in fantasy. <laughs> I wonder sometimes if these guys only play in leagues with other NFL players, or like so teammates, or if they do it with their friends, like friends from home, friends from college, whatever it is. That'd be kind of fun. I know you have have a league that goes back, what, 10 years? Yeah, 10 years. That's cool. My league now is it's five years in, I think four or five years in, same league with Cynthia Freeland as the commissioner, but I don't know anybody else except for her because <laughs> we're all over the country, so I have no idea who else. It's the same team names year after year, but I don't have any idea who the other actual commissioner, well, she's the commissioner, actual GMs are. Owners, yeah. Yeah, oh, well, oh is that what it's called, owners? Well, they know you because you're the champ, so. <laughs> They know me as Wookiee of the Year. 
That's good to be known as. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, the Wookiee of the Year here on CBS Sports Radio. On Twitter, A-Law Radio, you can vote for the After Hours Game of the Week. Also on our Facebook page. And yes, we are exulting because it is almost the weekend. 855-212-4227. But you're going to have to wait because we're doing the start of week seven in the NFL. And Travis Etienne with a pair of touchdowns in the first half. Saints not capitalizing on their opportunities. And they put themselves in an even bigger hole early in the second half. Four-man rush, dropping his car, looking, steps forward, fires to the middle of the field. And that ball is picked off by Foye Aluakun off the deflection to the 15 as he runs it back to the 10, to the 5. Angles for the pylon. Touchdown! Foye Aluakun brought back the deflected interception for the score! Admit it. That's one of the cooler names in the NFL. Foye Aluakun. Just try saying it out loud. It's so much fun. Foye Aluakun. Foye Aluakun. Seriously. That's a, that flows. It's, it's, so there are some tougher names that do not flow. That one flows nicely. Foye Aluakin. Foye Aluakin. Uh-huh. Aluakin. It's just a great word. It's a good one. It is a good one. So at that point, regardless of his name, but, but yay, Foye. Oh, yay, Foye. Even better. Foye, yay. Foye. <laughs> Why are we idiots? Uh, a pick six for the Jacksonville Jaguars on a tip ball. Frank Frangi there on Jaguars radio. And the Saints... You know, this is them, right? They they have opportunities, they waste them, and then, oh, they find some life where it's too little, too late, and they do that. Uh, they get a touchdown on a 16-play drive. I really think that the ball control settled them down seven and a half minutes uh, with that football. In fact, they dominated the time of possession against the Jaguars. Um, so they're able to get to the point where they're kind of back into it, and they've got some life, and the defense is coming up with stops against the Jags. And, yeah, uh, midway through that fourth quarter, rut road, Jacksonville. Car to throw, going for the end zone, going for Mike Thomas, who makes the catch, and they're saying touchdown, Saints for Mike Thomas. Mike Thomas on the far side brought it down. We'll have to wait and see about the feet. But what a play by Mike Thomas over Monteric Brown. Yeah, it was really sweet toe drag by Mike Thomas as he's falling out of bounds on the left side of the end zone. Pretty ball from Derek Carr. Uh, and while we're speaking of fantasy, I took a t- uh, flyer on Mike Thomas. So I was I was rooting there. But also, it tied the game with a two-point conversion. Ends up tying the game. And what I noticed about that touchdown drive is that it happened after a short field. And so as as much as the Saints can be maddening on offense, you put them at midfield and it's a hell of a lot easier to score than when they're backed up on the 10 or the 20. So they had a short field. They were at midfield to start that drive where Michael Thomas, well, Michael Thomas and then the two-point conversion end up tying the game. But it was the same thing for the Jaguars. So after the Saints have tied it they've got a real short possession it was a three and out I think and what do they do they put the Jaguars at midfield well it doesn't take long in fact it doesn't even take a minute for the Jaguars to get moving shotgun empty backfield for Trevor three right two left he drops looks checks it down underneath that's a crossing route to Christian Kirk 30 25 20 15 10 Christian Kirk for the goal line touchdown Jacksonville a crossing route to Christian Kirk And the Jags have retaken the lead. 
Frank Frangie on Jags Radio. Kirk said afterwards he doesn't think he's ever run that, or he hasn't run that fast since college, he said. <laughs> yeah, big play there. But again, you're you're lowering the degree of difficulty when you put your opponent at midfield to start a drive. So each of those last two possession or those last two touchdown drives, one for the Saints, one for the Jaguars to retake the lead, didn't even require a minute. Now, the good news for the Saints is that there was plenty of time left on the clock. They had three minutes to go, and they had been moving the ball in the fourth quarter. They were knocking on the door yet again. 30 seconds. Third and goal. Car to throw. Does throw to the end zone, and that is incomplete. Right through the hands of Foster Morrow. Got two hands on it in the far corner of the end zone, but could not bring it in. Yeah, that's a corner route. I mean, and that's maybe an inch too far, but I don't know oh, if you can throw it. it any better. I mean, that's that's one you got to come up with. It's just one you got to make. Everybody's, you know, in the stands is, you know, mad at him, but it doesn't come down to one play. And so our job as brothers and as family, as teammates, is to go rally around him. I've been in that moment, you know, where, you know, you miss a throw or, you know, and, you know, you, th- you throw a bad pick or something like that, and you feel like everybody hates you, you know. And, uh, you know, our job as teammates is no matter what the situation is, good or bad, put your arm around them and keep, keep them going, keep them pushing. And so to see our teammates react that way shows me that we have good group, you know, because I've seen in moments like that where, Everybody just starts pointing fingers at that one play, you know, or if a kicker misses one at the end, they just point at him, you know, and it's like, dude, there's, you know, 160 other plays that could have been changed, you know, you know, throughout whatever, you know, throughout the game. Like, I've never been a believer that you just point just because it happens in that moment. There's so many things that we could have done that wouldn't even put him in that situation. Derek Carr referring to how the Saints rallied around Foster. Uh, so if you didn't watch the game, maybe you'll see it. It, it was a, a pretty powerful clip of video where Foster is inconsolable on the sidelines. He's sitting on the bench. He's got his helmet on still, but his, he's got his head uh, force, facing downward and his hands over his face mask, and he's he's just inconsolable. But his teammates are trying. Um, so, of course, he's going to blame himself. Most top-flight athletes will. Well, some will blame other people, but Foster Moreau, he blames himself. Derek Carr would do the same thing. Yeah, the ball was right off his fingertips. And as much as you hear, you know, in the, the remind me who it is that uh, does the analysis for the Saints. That's right, Deuce McAllister. Uh, so as, as much as Deuce said, yeah, I mean, maybe he could have had it an inch, you know, an inch easier, an inch closer to Foster It was a perfectly thrown ball by Derek Carr. All that to say, there are a lot of reasons why teams don't capitalize on the red zone. On that final possession, with plenty of time, trailing by a touchdown, the Saints had seven shots inside the red zone, seven of them, and couldn't come up with a touchdown. And that's a theme for them. They were two for five in the red zone. It's really been something that you've seen from their offense to this point through these first few weeks. Obviously, we didn't finish in the red zone as well as we would have, but you know, um, if you're 50% in the red zone in the National Football League, you're going to end up being one of the better red zone teams. So there was some improvement there. And yet, I still think there's some things that we can be better at. I mean, I think there are some opportunities there that um, you know, we, just, we just missed on. So I think we're a lot closer, uh, but we're still not there yet, and we're going to keep grinding until we get there. We're 
finding it hard to start fast. I think we find it hard to maintain, to execute sometimes, and I think we find it hard to finish. Um, okay. Is that that's all? Kinda like the, that's kind of like the glaring and, and reoccurring uh, thing, uh, reoccurring themes. So Alvin Kamara says we're, we're finding it hard to start well, we're finding it hard to, to keep it going, and then we're finding it hard to finish. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, that's a problem. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not laughing at the Saints. I'm just laughing at how he put it. Essentially, we're finding it hard to do everything. I mean, the good news is you're not the New England Patriots, at least. So there's that. No, come on. Their offense has been really bad lately. I don't know. Right now, would you rather have the Panthers offense or the Patriots offense? Panthers. It's after hours. I rest my case. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Neither team was great on third down. A lot of missed opportunities. So, sure, you can point to a bunch of different moments throughout the game, and, and that's essentially what Alvin Kamara is saying. Uh, as for the Jaguars, they've won four in a row. They're on a nice streak. However, they know they kind of dodged a bullet there because they did not Finish strong, like Kamara was saying. Instead, they kind of left the door wide open, and they allowed the Saints to come roaring back and nearly lost a game, which would have been devastating. It's a 60-minute football game, and that's what you got to do. And, um, you know, guys own their jobs and knew, knew their role, um, and, and that's what I, that's all I ask them to do. And, and they did that. Don't do any more, you know, or any less. And, and I challenged them to be great. You know, they don't have to be perfect. Just just be great. Have great passion. Have great energy. And and uh, they did that today. They did. And what do we say? A win is a win is a win is a win. And putting it in perspective, come week 16, week 17, or if the Jags win the division title, no one's looking back at this game and going, uh-oh, we coughed up a big lead. And they did. They had a 24-9 to edge and watched the Saints steady themselves and and get a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter and nearly a third one. But the defense deserves some credit. Really does. Whether it's bend but don't break, whether it's dodging a bullet, whether it's a ball of a fingertips, uh, the defense definitely deserves some credit too. So the Jaguars move to 5-2 and two on top of the AFC South. The Saints now fall below 500. Remember, they started out 2-0, and oh, but below 500 now. Defense... Offense, back to defense, special teams. Oh, did you know that Patrick Mahomes wants to be a punter in his next career, his next life? I mean, I guess after he's done being a quarterback, maybe he's tired. He doesn't want to he doesn't want to play as many snaps. He just decides he wants to earn a paycheck for punting a couple times a game. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he's the backup punter for the Chiefs. That's according to the special teams coach, Dave Tobe. I mean, I'd pay money to see that. I really would. But could you imagine how a team, a special teams, like a receiving unit, would uh, blanch if they saw him at the like on the other? They would think it was a fake, wouldn't they? Wouldn't you think it was a fake if you saw Patrick Mahomes back to receive, what well, back to take the snap for a punt? Probably. <laughs> Nobody would buy that he was actually going to kick it. I w- I'm thinking how many defensive guys would go, hmm, 15 yards and a first down are worth it and just take the run. I mean, what other opportunities he could have get? To see him punt. That's funny. What is the after hours game of the week? Seriously, the Eagles are going to have to play their best defense of the year. Others too. Also on our Facebook page, good morning to you. It's after hours. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Yes, Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Defense wins championships. Defense wins championships. I wanted this so bad. I dreamed this, man. I don't know who the tackle is I'm going against, but I'm, I'm going to kill him. No. And no. I check all the boxes. Late rush. He throws it down the field. Intercepted at the 30. 25-20. Make a Fitzpatrick goes into the end zone. Defense. 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 That's dangerous. defense oh that's a great phrase why don't we use that every week it's the diva for defense it's the defense diva oh even better it's the defensive diva oh that could mean something else it's after hours with amy lawrence on cbs sports radio oh yes defense wins championships and for the jacksonville jaguars it was their defense in the red zone especially in the late stages when they're hanging on by a score Safety Rayshon Jenkins, he's psyched. I want to thank God first and foremost, man. That was just a beautiful win on primetime Thursday night, man. We got it done in a hostile environment, man. It all came down to preparation, man, uh, physically and mentally, man. So, man, hats off to the entire team. Way to, way, way to pull this one out, man. I know we had a lot of up and down moments, but that's just the nature of the football game. You got to give them credit. Not only did they hold the Saints at bay, but they were also able to withstand in that late stage, as I said, seven shots inside the red zone. That's Sean on Amazon Prime. Oh, sorry, Jags Radio. But the game was on Amazon Prime. And yet I love how guys keep saying in prime time. <laughs> well, it, it is under the lights. So the Jaguars win four in a row, and they are now five and two, sitting pretty on top of the AFC South. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio asking you to vote for the game of the week. And in my opinion, the game of the week is the Ravens hosting the Lions. And we know the kind of numbers that we've seen from Jared Goff, from Amon Ross St. Brown. Gosh, you can go through 
uh, their offense, and they are clicking right now. So how do the Ravens hold them at bay? Well, definitely pressure on the quarterback, and that's something that Jadavion Clowney is doing well, and he fits right in there in Baltimore. I think it's the guys in the locker room. Uh, it's just a good group. I mean, they kind of – I don't know, man. It's just a, I just feel like the guys in the locker room, we kind of – Fill off each other. They've been through some of the stuff I've been through, some of the guys, and, and uh, just enjoying myself here. Clowney with a big game last week in the victory in London against the Titans. Couple of sacks as well as four official quarterback hits, nine registered pressures. He was actually one of our candidates for Monday MVP. So, yeah, even as the Ravens were leaving points on the field, it was the defense that was cleaning up the mess. So is it Lions versus the Ravens? Well, Aiden Hutchinson, second-year guy for the Lions. Man, he is energy. He's all energy all the time. He's all gas, no brakes. He fits the Dan Campbell prototype perfectly. And, of course, he's a local guy, too, which uh, they love there. But this is a challenge against Lamar Jackson on the road in Baltimore. Another dynamic running quarterback. It seems to be the standard in the league now. So um, it's kind of just the expectation every week. But, you know, Lamar is obviously a different kind of athlete. So, you know, we're we're preparing and we're ready ready to, to, to play him. Mm. So Ravens and Lions, or is it Rams and Steelers? Steelers coming off their bye. And, yeah, if you consider what the Rams did last week and the weapons they have, think about it. Matthew Stafford's healthy. Kyron Williams, I don't think he's playing this week. He's out this week. But they've got Puka Nakua, the record-setting rookie. Cooper Cup has come back and already has nearly three. Actually, he might have more than 300 yards receiving in two games. He's been incredible. This is a high-flying offense that Matthew Stafford can use. So look around. He's got a bunch of different weapons. So for Alex Highsmith and the Steelers, this is a challenge. We got a, you know, tough task going up this week. You know, they got a great offense, you know, a great quarterback and, um, you know, a great surrounding cast with them. And so we just know we got to, uh, you know, be able to, to get after them, you know, because they do, like I said, they do pass a lot. And so we just got to be able to get them off the spot and cause a lot of pressure this week. And right now, the Rams are top six in the NFL in passing yards. Stafford with nearly 260 per game. So big challenge for the Steelers defense. For Aaron Donald and the Rams, Well, you know what he can do. He's one of the best players in the league. It used to be a big deal for him to go back home to Pittsburgh, but maybe the novelty's worn off. I was just talking to my dad, like, last week about, you know, playing the Steelers this week. He was asking me, "Uh, you get to play the hometown, how I feel. Like, my first year, I was excited about it. Um, Obviously, going back to Pittsburgh, it it was exciting. But now it's just like, um, it's cool to play against the team that I grew up watching and, and all that, but... Um, it's just just another week, obviously. <laughs> really? I like it. Aaron Donald showing off in Pittsburgh. This could be a good game. Uh, the Rams are sneaky improving now, and the Steelers are coming off the bye, and their offense has been still inconsistent. It gets stuck in the muck sometimes, so can they keep up with the points for the Rams? And also, how do the defenses factor in? So that's one of our other options for after-hours game of the week. Chargers come off that Monday night loss against the Cowboys, and they hit the road against a divisional opponent in the Kansas City Chiefs who have won the AFC West for the past 18 years in a row or is what it feels like. Not quite that long. I think it's been seven years in a row. Uh, But, yeah, so this is... A Derwin James opportunity to leave his mark against Patrick Mahomes and, of course, Travis Kelsey. Excited. Can't wait to get back out there, play another game. Um, 
can't wait. You got to just be physical. You got to go out there and you got to guard them. That's all, that's all it comes down to. And as for Willie Gay and the Chiefs, well, yeah, the feelings are mutual when it comes to having a slow down of potent offense. And he's a quarterback that's growing. He's been good since day one, you know, since they came in the league with me four years ago. Um, and he's, he was good then, and he's getting even better now. So that's what I have on him. That's true, isn't it? Patrick Mahomes is better now than when he got into the league. Already has two Super Bowl wins, as well as the two MVPs. Nearly 1,600 yards passing. And remember, the Chiefs have turned over a good chunk of their offense in the last two years. Other than Travis Kelsey, it's a lot of new guys. It's Kadarius Toney, who, yes, joined them last year, had a touchdown in the Super Bowl. But it's Isaiah Pacheco. We don't even see a whole lot of Clyde Edwards-Alaire anymore. They, oh, they got Miko Hardman back, though. They actually went out and got him from the, was it the Jets. Yeah, Jets or Giants? Jets, yeah. So... They have seen a lot of turnover with the receivers other than that dynamic duo of Mahomes and Kelsey. So it's it's interesting that they still play at such a high level even though people keep expecting them to have a downturn. Well, because you know, Tyreek Hill is on the Dolphins, so that makes all the difference in the world. <laughs> Speaking of the Dolphins, this is absolutely the front runner for game of the week right now. Dolphins on the road at the Eagles, and something's got to give. We talked about the gaudy numbers for the Dolphins offense versus what the Eagles like to allow on defense. Whew, this is going to be a battle. Can't wait. Here's Miami's Christian Wilkins. <laughs> I'm really excited about this one. Uh, you know, you hear so much about the Philly fans, the atmosphere, all that good stuff. You know, it's going to be, you know, an exciting game and things like that. So I'm excited about this one. They're a really good team. They do a lot of really good things. And so, you know, this is kind of what you want. Um, you know, it's going to be great football weather, football atmosphere, just mm-hmm. all that good stuff kind of building up until Sunday night. Kind of reminds me of the way the Chiefs often get talked about the offense overshadows the defense well the Dolphins continue to do what they're doing it's almost like the defense is an afterthought but on that defensive line of course it's huge if they can get pressure at all on Jalen Hurts or maybe they can stop the tush pushes what do you think the tushy pushies maybe they can stop those Uh, we'll see but yeah he's excited about it because it is a huge game and a great test for them Uh, same thing for James Bradbury the defense has got its work cut out for it you got to put them away whenever you have the opportunity. You know, we kind of look. It was self-inflicted wounds that kind of kept them in the game. Um, and we also got to create more turnovers on the defense. And uh, we just got to go to work and find ways to do that. Yeah, the Eagles definitely want to have takeaways. Um, and that would be one way to stymie the Dolphins. The other would be the ball control, right? So here's where the offense can help out the defense. If the ball control game is activated for the Eagles, if they can run the ball, if they can use, whether it's Jalen Hurts, whoever it is, uh, if they can use that kind of steady eddy but slower pace, they can keep those seven-minute possessions. <laughs> Not only do you make the aware of the Dolphins' defense out, uh, but you obviously are able to keep it away from Tua, keep it away from Tyreek Hill, and uh, have your offense on the field, which then operates as a bit of a defense. So, yeah, DeAndre Swift is coming off a couple of big games. Boston Scott we see every now and then. But, I mean, Jalen really is the key to it. Um, and they've got to take care of the football. So, Jalen had a rough game last week. You know, they they lost their first one uh, to the New York Jets, and there were some turnovers in there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's true, right? If you 
have the threat of a run game. This is something we talked about with Cynthia Freeland. You have the threat of a run game. Well, then it keeps the defense honest. But think about the receivers that they have. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith not even getting a ton of targets early in the year, but Dallas Goddard. Well, and now adding Julio Jones into the mix. And that offense should, at some point, settle in. We just haven't seen them play as well as they did last year. My answer to that would would be, who the F cares? Oh, is Tua a system quarterback? Who the F cares? <laughs> oh, Mike McDaniel. He's unique. It'd be, it'd be tough for me to choose. McDaniel, Dan Campbell, Mike Tomlin. Who would be the coach? If I could only listen to one for an entire week, who would be the coach? Or maybe an entire month? doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes. I will beat your ass. Never mind. It's not hard to choose. It's totally <laughs> Dan Campbell. But then then we get some Mike Tomlinisms, and then I flip over to Mike Tomlin, too, because there's no one else in the world like Tomlin. I just love Pat P. <laughs> not even that. It's the how appreciative he is of pretty much everything. He's appreciative. Uh, and he also comes up with things like, don't shoot the hostage, if you will. <laughs> Man, I'm just appreciative. <laughs> I missed him over the last two weeks. All right. We're heading up toward the top of the hour. A little more for week seven in the NFL. But take our poll. What is the game of the week? You can find that on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS. Also on our Facebook page. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Hurry back to throw. And it is. Is it tossed? Oh, my God. Back from under center, steps back, throws the fade. Cooper Cup's got it! Touchdown, LA! Burrow back to throw, looking, firing deep for Chase in the end zone. He's got it! Touchdown! Joe Burrow and the Bengals! Mahomes fires for the end zone, caught! Touchdown, Kansas City! And off to Eckler again. No, Herbert keeps it, end zone, touchdown! Chargers! Herbert with his second of the day. Here's the snap. Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run. The Bills respond and then some. It's time for QB News on After Hours. We did the AFC version. This is how we give you a preview of week number seven, looking at it through the eyes of our QBs. And now time for the NFC version. Of course, the Saints, they've fallen below 500 and frustrating for them right because they dominated the time of possession Uh, they had multiple opportunities they had a ball on Foster Moreau's fingertips in the end zone in the final seconds and could not come up with the tying touchdown plus they put themselves in a big hole Derek Carr we know he's frustrated because we saw it on the sidelines last week look it sucks right now (laughs) you know we're, we're finding everything that sucks right now we're going to point it out, and we're going to call it out, and we're going to try and work on that to get better as leaders. And that's our job, you know. Whether it's going really good or it's tough, you still got to be able to, you know, I say it before every game to the guys, we're not playing the scoreboard, we're playing against the standard. And our standard is this. If that's our standard, that's what we're playing against. I've been showing my emotion a little bit too much on, on my sleeve, you know, like uh, I kind of got to chill out, you know, and that's me holding myself accountable. But that's not going to help anything. And so just trying to be a – calming influence in those moments, especially when it's been a couple of times it's happened, that heightened frustration. I, I could do a better job as a leader to calm everybody down. I love what he's saying, and I agree with him. As a leader, you set the tone. And it's, it applies smaller groups. It also applies to a big football team like this. If you are stressed out, it's going to emanate through the rest of your team, through the rest of your locker room. 
If you're frustrated and emotional and you demonstrate on the sidelines, other guys are going to do it too. But I just like how he said it. I need to chill out. Actually, I could use that advice myself sometimes. I just need to chill out. (laughs) The Saints lose this game, but it's still very wide open in the NFC South. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. The Washington Commanders are right in the mix in the NFC Beast, keeping pace with the Eagles and the Cowboys. They're at 3-3. And it's a matchup uh, this week. It's kind of fun, actually, when you think about uh, Washington and New York. We don't know if Daniel Jones will play, but the Commanders, Sam Howell, he's looked stronger the last couple weeks. I'm making better decisions. Um more consistently, I would say, um, and I'm playing more efficient ball, and I just got to continue to grow and get better and continue to try to limit the sacks and, you know, avoiding those negative plays um, just because when you have a sack on a drive, it most of the time it'll kill the drive. You know, I think we've done a, a decent job making up for it this year, but that's going to continue to be harder as we move forward. Commander's defense will face a much different test if Daniel Jones is out there, though he's not been cleared for contact with the neck injury. Uh, Saquon Barkley is back, though, and he can be a load. And you know what? If he's no longer on the team, the Giants' offense is even more anemic. But according to Saquon, he has no desire to play anywhere else right now. Everyone knows how I feel. No one, everyone knows I don't want to get traded. Or, I mean, I don't think anybody in their right mind would want to get traded anywhere. It's not an easy thing to do. You got to move. I have a family. Uh, I would love to be here, but like I said, it's not in my control. My focus is to be the leader I can be for the team and try to get this thing on the right track. Jay, does he speak for you? No one in his right mind would want to be traded. Would you like to be traded somewhere? Um, new is exciting, but no, I'm good. <laughs> I'd like to be traded to Montana, maybe. <laughs> I mean, sign me up. <laughs> So Commanders and Giants inside the NFC East. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Also staying in the East, we know the Eagles host the Dolphins this weekend. But yeah, the Eagles are coming off their first loss because, in large part, the turnovers last week. Turn the ball over four times, you shouldn't expect to win. Um, So, plan on doing a better job of that as a team. Short and sweet, Jalen Hurts. Now, he didn't give us a philosophy lesson. Sometimes we get that as well. But I do like how he tends to keep everything in perspective. Geno Smith, Seattle Seahawks, also coming off a tough performance. It's kind of a theme now here. You hear a bunch of quarterbacks say, you just got to put it behind you. You got to take better care of the football. It was probably a bunch of different things that happened. And uh, whatever it is, you know, we got to make sure that we correct it. And, uh, you know, usually we don't we don't have those mistakes, but, um, you know, for, for whatever reason it happened. So I think it was just another good opportunity for us to learn from some things. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward, like I said, after the game, you know, I look forward to the next opportunity. Gino with a pair of interceptions in the second half against the Bengals last week and only a field goal on their possession. So, yeah, you got Jalen Hurts. You've got Geno Smith saying the same thing. Uh, no doubt, Brock Purdy feels very similarly because he was also frustrated with his own play last week and the fact that the Niners suffered their first loss. But Kyle Shanahan expects to see the same old Brock on the field Monday night. We'll see. This is the first time responding to a loss, but in terms of not designating wins or losses, if if we would have won in the last play of the game, He'd still have to respond the same way. Um, so it's it's him just doing his job and coming in here and being the same way he's been since the day we've met him. And um, I don't think we're stressed about that too much because I've never seen a different guy. Yeah, I love that. I mean, Brock Purdy has been the same guy the entire time. And even though he was frustrated by the way he played last week, 
uh, frustrated by the fact that they also left some opportunities out there. And he seemed off. I know the, there was a lot of weather in Cleveland. It was wet, right? It was windy. But his a lot of his throws were off. And we hadn't seen that much in his time as the quarterback of the Niners. Um, but at the same time, they had a chance to win. And it was a missed kick. It was a missed field goal at the very end that kept them uh, from winning that game. Or is it tying, tying the game, winning the game? No, it was winning the game. It would have been a game-winning kick. Uh, so, yeah, you would expect that he'd come back motivated, but n- not that this is going to derail him all of a sudden and ruin his confidence. Um, his big thing is the weapons around him. Will Debo Samuel play? He's listed as day-to-day. We don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to play this week, but we haven't really heard anything definitive, though he did avoid a very serious injury. But yeah, that's what we've seen from Brock. He relies on the game plan, and he relies on the playmakers around him. And so that part of the struggle in the second half last week against the Browns is they didn't have Debo, and they didn't have Christian. On the flip side, as the Niners take on the Vikings on Monday night, Kirk Cousins and Kyle Shanahan with a bit of a reunion from their days in Washington. He was a big reason I got drafted there, I think, and... uh was fortunate enough to get to work with him for two years. You know, his coach, Mike Shanahan, the head coach there when I was drafted there, uh, has, has really been a, you know, a, a mentor for me and somebody that I've always, um, you know, gone to for, uh, for you know, wisdom and counsel. And uh, um, the same for Kyle and, and, you know, Matt LaFleur and Sean McVay and a lot of those guys, Mike McDaniel, that were in that um, staff. Uh, that I just have a lot of respect for and enjoyed working with, and it was you know a positive two years for me, kind of learning the league, and you know I've, have uh, just kind of we've all kind of followed each other I think ever since then, and that's kind of where where it's been. So yeah, it's uh, full circle for Kirk Cousins and for Kyle Shanahan, and you think about where Shanahan's career has taken him since then, right? Um, and the the different opportunities. Gosh, been in the Super Bowl multiple times as an offensive coordinator with the Falcons and then, of course, with the Niners just uh, not yet able to have that signature victory in the game's game's biggest stage. Uh, But even with the Niners and Eagles coming off losses last week, they they still have been the two strongest teams, um, and I expect them to bounce back in a big way. So Game of the Week poll on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. And right now, I'll just be honest and above board. It would take a landslide of votes over the next couple days for it to not be Dolphins and Eagles. But that works. I mean, something's got to give there with the gaudy offense, the high-flying, potent offense. Tyreek Hill, whose stated goal is to have 2,000 yards receiving. Who says we can't get flexed? The Eagles defense that really does start from the trenches and emanate outward, right? And, oh, boy, the Mike McDaniel press conference after the fact should be fantastic. Uh, You've also got baseball. Astros have tied up the ALCS. A 10 spot last night against the Rangers. Uh, Their starting pitcher, Andrew Heaney, doesn't even get out of the first inning. So, yeah, the Astros, gosh, they... Could have had 14 runs, actually, because Jordan Alvarez had another ball that was hauled in one foot from the warning track. Could have been a grand slam. Plenty to keep you busy with college football this weekend, too. So we'll talk to you Sunday night after hours, CBS Sports Radio. Boom! Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back 3, you bet! Music. You set my world on fire, yeah. 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 